بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد وصلی اللہ رسول الکریم الحمد للہ جنائد از دا فورٹین آف فیبروری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی فور الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن Of the noble companion Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As And I've reached the point where I've mentioned that he's returned unsuccessfully i.e. in trying to bring back the believers from Abyssinia. So then it mentions that the believers they live peacefully in Abyssinia for a few years. But then a rumor reached them that the Muslims, i.e. in Makkah, they had, uh, the unbelievers in Makkah had embraced Islam. So what was this rumor and how did it come about? So in a nutshell, what happened was, our beloved Messenger, he was reciting the Quran, i.e. around the Kaaba, and he was reading Surah An-Najm. And when he got to the end of the surah, he prostrated because of the verse of prostration. The people were so affected by the recitation that everybody prostrated, i.e. the Muslims and even the unbelievers. And according to a hadith in Sayyid Bukhari, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said that even the jinn prostrated as well. So then the rumor spread that the unbelievers had embraced Islam, but this wasn't the case. So this rumor reached Abyssinia and some of them decided that they would now return to Makkah. So the numbers, according to the books of Sira, mention over 30. But when, but when they became close to, i.e. the mother city, they realized that the rumor was false. So now the problem was, were they to return to Abyssinia? or whether to continue to Makkah. So some decided to return. But some decided now to move back to Makkah. And they took protection before entering. So a few names which are mentioned. One is Sayyidina Uthman ibn Mazdun. He went on and he got protection. Another one that returned was Abdullah ibn Suhail. But when he returned, his father basically put him under house arrest. And then he was in that condition for a few years. And then he intelligently managed to escape just prior to Badr. And he joined the believing forces. But Ahmad ibn al-As's brother, Hisham ibn al-As, Hafiz ibn al-Katib, he mentioned, in Al-Bidayah, in the chapter on those who passed away in the year 13 A.H. and Al-Istiyab, number 1539. When Sayyidina Hisham ibn al-As returned from Abyssinia, he was detained in Makkah. Thereafter, after the battle of the trench, he managed to migrate. So what happened? He returned and his father, obviously being a great enemy of Islam, He immediately put him under lock and chain. And then he was now in that prison estate 
all the way up to and including the battle of the trench. And thereafter, he managed to migrate. So how did he manage to migrate? And the response is, it was at that time that Amr ibn al-As himself was almost embracing Islam. And he himself had headed to Abyssinia. So it seems likely that Amr ibn al-As had made an escape route for his brother just prior to this. And this is why you don't hear or the, the blessed name of Hisham ibn al-As in the Battle of Badr, in the Battle of Uhud, or in the Battle of the Trench because he was detained. So moving on, the next section in title. After the blessed migration to Al-Madinah, so years thus passed, our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and most of the remaining believers had by now migrated to Al-Madinah where their strength was increasing day by day. So like I've mentioned, shortly after the blessed Hijrah, both Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As's father and Sayyidina Khalid ibn Walid's father passed away. So in Tabudi in his tarikh, Ibn Kathir, see the volume 2, page 2 to 6 of the English translation. Hafiz Ibn Jarir, he said, Rahmatullah In the first year after the Hijrah, Abu Uhiha died on his property in Taif. Also, Al-Walid Ibn Al-Mughira died. As did Al-As Ibn Wa'il Al-Sahmi, i.e. in Makkah. Hafiz Ibn Kathir added, Rahmatullah I observed that these men died while still polytheists, for they did not accept Allah the Almighty and glorious. So like I mentioned many moons prior, the father of Amr, Al-As, he was a great enemy of Islam, and his fate was sealed by the Quran. He died in the first year after the Hijrah. And also the other great enemy of Islam, Al-Walid ibn Al-Mughir, so again, their names, that's why their names disappear. You don't hear their names again after the Hijrah. And the reason being, they've already passed away. So now, keeping this in mind, As ibn Iwail passed away. So now who was in charge of the prisoner? i.e. Hisham ibn al-As, it was the older brother, Amr ibn al-As, But he was still detained for at least five years. And the reason being, Amr was keeping a strict eye over his brother. How old was Amr when his father passed away? He was around 56 years of age. So he was obviously now well into his middle age. The courageous fury was now at a boiling point, And they thus launched campaign after campaign against the believers in which Sayyidina Amr wholeheartedly had participated. So we know from his own words that he was on the battlefield at Badr, Uhud and Khandak. So just to reiterate, what did he say? So Amr ibn al-As himself said, I was stubbornly opposed to Islam. I was present at Badr with the polytheists and escaped. Then I was present at Uhud and escaped. Finally, I was present at Khandak and escaped. Mm-hmm. This is in Behaki and Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 3, page 320 of the English translation. So, 
Now what's interesting, at Badr, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent angels. And they were designated to take out unbelievers. Note, Amr radiallahu was not one who was designated to be killed. Because Allah Ta'ala was going to give him guidance. And quite a few of them escaped from the battlefield. So when they saw the carnage taking place, they left. One of them was Amr ibn al-As radiallahu. Uhud, like I mentioned, fascinating statement, even though they won that encounter, he still said, I escaped. And he's referring obviously to, he escaped, i.e. the tarnish or the disaster of taking the Prophet's life, sallallahu alayhi wa And then he mentioned, he was at Khandak and he also escaped. Thus, the first of the main encounters was at Badr, which the unbelievers fought and lost. Sayyidina Amr radiallahu, thus saw with his own eyes all the people whom our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi had cursed, I just a few short years earlier, now all laying dead. Fortunately, he himself managed to escape either onslaught at Badr. So like I mentioned, going back a few sessions, when they upset the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa when he was performing tawaf and salat around the Qab, he cursed them, the Prophet. And Amr was an eyewitness. So every name he heard, he later saw and realized that the words came true. So this must have also had a profound impact upon him. Then a year later, there was the fateful battle of Uhud. In Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 3, page 13 of the English translation, Ibn Ishaq, he said, Rahmatullah they, the unbelievers, took with them their womenfolk in Houdas to keep their spirits high and so that they would not take to flight. Sayyidina Abu Sufyan, Sakhr Ibn Harb, radiyallahu, he being their commander, went forth too, accompanied by Sayyidah Hind, daughter of Utbah ibn Rabi'ah. Sayyidina Ikrimah, the son of Abu Jahl, also went with his wife. His cousin, Sayyidah Um Hakim bin Al-Harith ibn Hisham ibn Al-Mughira, i.e. who was thus the niece of Abu Jahl. His I, Ikrimah's uncle and father-in-law, Al-Harith ibn Hisham also went, accompanied by his wife, Sayyidah Fatima bint Al-Walid ibn Al-Mughira, i.e. the sister of Khalid ibn Walid, radiyallahu. Sayyidina Safwan ibn Umayyah, radiyallahu, was accompanied by Barza bint Mas'ud ibn Amr ibn Umair, a lady of Thaqif. Sayyidina Amr ibn Al-As, radiyallahu, had with him Sayyidah Raita bint Munabbih ibn Al-Hajjaj, radiyallahu, she being the mother of his son, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr. So let's look at this briefly. So they're setting out for Uhud. All of the elders had been killed a year earlier at Badr. So the leadership was passed on to Abu Sufyan ibn Harb. And they decided I, to take vengeance against the Muslims. But this time they took their women with them. So names are mentioned. And what's strange, most if not all of them embraced Islam. So at this point in the seerah, you hear the shayyuf mentioning their names and they're coming out to oppose the Prophet. And they're still saying, Radiyallahu. So the guy starts scratching his head thinking, why are the sahaba coming out to oppose the Prophet? 
because they all, most of them later embraced Islam. So who did Abu Sufyan, the chief, come out with? He came out with his wife, Hind, the mother of Muawiyah. Abu Jahlson, he came out with his wife, who was also his cousin, Um Hakim, the daughter of Harith. And she was the niece of Abu Jahl. So Ikrima, he married his dad's brother's daughter. So she was not only his wife, she was his first cousin. Ikrima's uncle and father-in-law, Harith ibn Hisham, also went out. And this was, of course, Abu Jahl's brother, accompanied by his wife. And his wife was Khalid bin Walid's sister. So notice how intricate the relationships were. Very famous companions were marrying each, into each other's family. Safwan ibn Umayyah, he was accompanied by Barza bin Mas'ud. And then at the end, what is it mentioned? Amr ibn al-As. He came out with his wife, Rayta bin Munabbih, and she was the mother of Abdullah ibn Amr. So not both husband and wife had not embraced Islam by this time. Like I said, subhanallah, note how all, if not most of the above blessed souls, all eventually embraced the glorious faith. What's strange? Many of these noble souls described Uhud. <laughs> so normally when you're describing Uhud, you would expect believers to describe what happened to Uhud. So these were not believers at the time. And they're describing Uhud. So they didn't get any enjoyment out of describing what happened. <laughs> Because at the time they were unbelievers. But they faithfully conveyed what was happening on the battlefield. Ultimately, the faithful encounter took place. And as is well known, the unbelievers were victorious due to an error of judgment on the part of some of the believers at the time. However, our beloved Messenger, together with many of the eminent companions, managed to find safety upon the ascent of Mount Uhud. So it's a long narrative, but we've been through it so many times. The Prophet told 70 archers whom he had placed at the foot of Uhud, he goes, do not leave your post, no matter what happens. Unfortunately, the archers left their post when in the initial wave of the battle, the Muslims were victorious. And they saw them collecting spoils. So the 70 archers thought, it's over. But it wasn't over. And the Amir was Abdullah ibn Jubair radiallahu. And he said, have you forgot the Prophet's command? So they said the command was till the battle is over. So when most of them left, one report said 63 of them left. There's only now seven at the base. That's when the unbelievers turned the imminent uh, victory of the believers into a loss. Khalid bin Walid came around, seeing the pass was now not protected. And also Ikrima joined. And of course, Amr ibn al-As was there as well. And they smashed into the back of the believers. So then those who were retreating amongst the unbelievers, they turned. And the Muslims were now trapped in between. So to quote a long narrative short, the Prophet with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the incredible bravery of the companions, he managed to make a tactical retreat unto Uhud. So the next section entitled, The unbelieving Quraysh almost decide to return to finish the job. So what do I mean by this? So there's a report. 
and this narration is recorded in Sahih Bukhari number 4563 Ibn Ishaq Ibn Hisham in his seerah page 421-2 of the English translation Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir Abdullah Ibn Abu Bakr rahmatullah he said Ma'abad Ibn Abu Ma'abad Al-Khuzai still a polytheist passed by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the people of Khuzaa their believers and polytheists were all sincere advisors to him and they never concealed anything from him Ma'abad said to him O Muhammad no doubt your affliction has grieved us and we would have liked that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have given you power over them so stop in the report so this is shortly after the defeat and there was a person called Ma'bad Ibn Abu Ma'bad from the tribe of Khuzai so this tribe was loyal to the Muslims but not all of them had embraced Islam but what's strange even those amongst them who had not embraced Islam they were still sincere to the Muslims so this man he came and he said to the Prophet what happened to you has grieved us we would have loved that you defeated them. So this shows the sincerity. Then Ma'abad left. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was in Hamra al-Asad, i.e. roughly eight miles from Al-Madina. And he met Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, radiyallahu and those who were with him at Ar-Ruha. They having now decided to return to fight Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and his companions. So what's happened? So Ma'abad, he pays his respects to the Prophet and then he leaves. And then eight miles roughly outside Medina, he met Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, the enemy chief. And they were deciding now to have another cracker al-Madina. So they said, we have killed the nobles, the chiefs and leaders of his companions. How should then we now leave before we exterminate all of them? Let us thus now attack the rest of them until we annihilate them. So what happened? So the unbelievers, even though they defeated the believers with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they left. So what's strange? They could have gone to Medina. To finish the job. They didn't. So when they had actually traveled about eight miles away from Uhud, they suddenly regrouped. He goes, what are we doing? He goes, let's finish the job. Let's go back. Having seen Ma'abad, Abu Sufyan, who asked him, what is the matter with you, O Ma'abad? You look concerned. So not forgetting Abu Sufyan doesn't know that he's sincere to the Muslims. So Ma'abad replied, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he set out leading his companions in pursuit of you in a gathering the like of which I have never seen. And they have a strong longing and yearning in facing you. And those who remain behind from him in the battle of Uhud, they show regret for what they have done, have also now joined him. So Ma'abad, like we say, he pulled the fast one. <laughs> he said to Abu Sufyan, 
and he pulled the, you know, he was showing the sign of concern, you know, fake concern. So Abu Safan goes, what's the matter, Ma'abad? And he goes, they've regrouped. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's set out again. But this time, oh, everyone in Al-Madinah has joined him. And they have regretted that they didn't fight in the initial battle. So Abu Sufyan responded, Woe to you, what are you saying? <laughs> so Ma'abad responded, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I think you would not leave until you see the four locks of the horses anytime soon. So what did Ma'abad say? He goes, if you keep talking to me, they're going to emerge. You better do something quick. So Abu Sufyan responded, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we decided to attack them once again to exterminate the rest of them. This was our plan. So Ma'abad said, I sincerely forbid you to do this. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what I have seen of them led me to compose some poetic verses about them. In other words, I saw that they were now determined and he actually, because I, I recited poetry in praise of their bravery. Abu Sufyan asked him what he said in his verse and he recited it to him in which he described their strong cavalry and infantry and the war awaiting Abu Sufyan ibn Harb from engaging with them. So he came out with some poetry, fake poetry and he goes, Abu Sufyan's in trouble. <laughs> Those Abu Sufyan and his companions were dissuaded from the idea of fighting the believers again due to Ma'abad. Indeed, before Abu Sufyan had met Ma'abad, a caravan belonging to Abdul Qais passed by him and they informed him that they would go to Al-Madinah. Abu Sufyan said to them, would you convey a message from me to Muhammad and if you do, I will give you soon in the Uqaz market as much raisins as is the Lord of your mouth. So what's happened? Ma'abad has done the job. He's helped the Muslims, alhamdulillah. Then Abu Sufyan wants to keep face. So he sees another caravan and this caravan is going to Medina. So he calls the, the Amir and he says, if you do this for me, I will give you as much raisins as huge as your camels. He goes, convey this message from me to Muhammad. So they answered greedily, yes. What do you want us to tell him? Abu Sufyan said, if you meet him, inform him that we have decided to proceed on towards him and his companions to exterminate the rest of them. So what's interesting, Abu Sufyan had no intention because Ma'abad had, you know, put the fear of God into him. But he still wants to see, you know, like you said, test the waters. You can send this message that we're coming. The riders just came upon Rasulullah in Hamra al-Asad, i.e. where Ma'abad had met the Prophet earlier. They conveyed to him the message. Upon which he said in Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3 verse 173, Sufficient for us is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is the best disposer of affairs. Meaning we're ready. 
So now let's look at this. This is a very interesting report. So it's recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 4563. And you can see the tactics. So the unbelievers have won the ball. And it is strange. They didn't complete the task. They could have easily gone to Al Madinah and, you know, the main soldiers had been taken out. They didn't. So this was a, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then obviously when they regrouped, because we should have finished the job. What's going on? And look how Allah protected the believers from another encounter. He used an unbelief, ma'abad, and he was sincere. And ma'abad did a tremendous benefit for the Muslims. And then Abu Sufyan sent the kind of a fake message. He was coming. And the Prophet wasallam said, Allah is sufficient for this. He is the best disposer of affairs. Now look how beautiful that is. Allah had already dealt with the matter. Right? So when, Allah, when, the, when the verse, the Prophet decided, said, Allah is sufficient for this. He is the best disposer of affairs. It's already happened. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing was, he said it, and then of course later it was confirmed that they weren't coming. Mm-hmm. So now just to add this to finish. Amr ibn al-As, what did he have to say about this? Mm-hmm. So half his waqidi, rahmatullah, in his al-Maghazi, page 299. He called Sayyidina Amr and he said, Allah, We heard that Ibn Ubay, the chief hypocrite, he didn't say that, I'm saying that, Ibn Ubay had returned to al Madina with a third of the army before the encounter at Uhud had actually commenced. And also that some men of the Aus and Khazraj had also stayed in the city. In addition, nor could we be certain that those who had retreated would return to the attack. I thus there was still a considerable number of warriors left in Al-Madinah. Hence it would hardly be advisable to not engage with them. Many of us were also wounded and nearly all our horses had been pierced with arrows. Thus we went on our way, I back to Makkah. So subhanAllah, look at the brilliance of Amr ibn al-As. He summed it up. He said, information reached us that Abdullah ibn Ubay had actually broken away before the battle of Uhud. Where did he get that knowledge from? This was the chief hypocrite. He weakened the Muslims. Then he said, I've also been informed some men of the Aus and Khazraj had not gone out to fight. Then he said, therefore, they still have a considerable number of warriors. Then he said, many of us are wounded. Nearly all our horses have been pierced with arrows. Let us go back to Makkah. <laughs> so again, look at and the reason I'm mentioning this is to highlight he was a political, you know, he was also a very, you know, sound general. He was astute and he was well aware of what was taking place. But really, Allah Ta'ala, had decreed that they don't engage again. And it's actually a touching report, I'll mention it. The Prophet when he actually concluded the battle of Uhud, he was buddhid. And his buddhid was that they're going to come back, go for Al-Madinah. So what he did very wisely, the Prophet he asked Ali, according to Ibn Hisham and his Sira and Ibn Ishaq, he asked Ali, go take some men with you, and go and see what the unbelieving Quraysh are thinking of doing. If they are on horses, if they are on horses, then they are coming back 
to attack Al-Madinah and then he goes, by God we will deal with them again. But if they are on camels, then they are heading back to Makkah. So look at the brilliance of the Prophet So Ali went out with a few companions and they got the knowledge that they were on camels. So he brought the news back that Ya Rasulullah, there's nothing to worry about. They're heading back. So again, note the Prophet showing his, you know, the believers how to deal in situations like this. But that's in the books of Sira, in a far more authentic report. The hadith is in Sayyish Bukhari. Aisha radiyallahu she said there was around 70 who went on this second mission. And amongst them was Abu Bakr and Zubair. And she mentioned others. And then she actually said, Allah Ta'ala revealed a verse in praise of the second force. And Allah Ta'ala said uh, in Surah Ali Imran that he, he was pleased with those who went, even though they were injured. Even though they were injured, they set out again because this was a very dangerous mission. So note, the Prophet himself got confirmation that they were setting back, going back to uh, Makkah. So why have I mentioned these reports? Because some people think that this was a miracle. They say the unbelievers switched off and Allah made them blind and they didn't go to Medina to finish the job off. But when they were going back to Makkah, suddenly the fog lifted and because why didn't we finish the job? So the response is, no, it's not a miracle. The reason you think it's a miracle, you haven't studied the Sirat. But Allah Ta'ala did certainly help the believers. I through Ma'abad. So again, you, you, to call it a mu'jiza is going, I think, a bit too far. But of course, Allah Ta'ala did help the believers. And also notice Amr ibn al-As, his brilliance in this, in this scenario, because we need to return. And that's why he said, we esca- I escaped. <laughs> because I was present at Uhud and I escaped. But his own statement was, we need to go back. So this shows there was a change taking place i.e. in his blessed heart. Are there any questions you want to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi sumarika Allahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa tibillahi minu shaitanjim subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzati amma isifun assalamu alayhi wa salim alhamdulillahi wa alameen wa sallallahu alayhi wa alameen wa al-asr minu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa al-asr 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 wa al-asr